The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything that you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. I've been so pumped to take a couple of friends with our road bikes to some of the trails nearby, and now I can bring the entire crew, my dog, and all of our gear with that third row. Learn more about the new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. You're listening to the hottest, the hottest NBA podcast out. Yeah, I said what I said. She's heating up. It's the heat check. The heat check. Heat check. With Trista Crick. On this episode of the heat check, I am perplexed and fired up about what's happening with the Detroit Pistons because damn, how are they so bad again? We also get into who's hot, who's cold, and finally, we have a episode, and I'm joined by my guys, Damian Barling and Kenny Caraway of D'Lo and Casey Show, uh, to break down the latest happenings in the NBA. The IST, by the way, is lit as fuck, so let's get into it, William, and drop that motherfucking beat that should be Rihanna. <laughs> It's time. It's time. It's time. I saw a stat, and I was befuddled. I was intrigued. I was shook. And then I became quite fired up. Because the Detroit Pistons, I said that maybe the Memphis Grizzlies were the worst roster in basketball, but the truth is it's probably the Detroit Pistons. They are so bad. If we were to create an expansion team, where, you know, an expansion team, how the process works is the way that they build their roster is they, you know, pick the bones off of every other team in the NBA. They get to choose a player and then they steal them. Outs, and you get to have your franchise guys that are unstealable. Outside of the unstealable guys, the Osser Thompsons, the Cade Cunninghams, the Jalen Durens, there's nobody, maybe Marcus Sasser, there's nobody you would want to steal. You'd say, eh, if you're an expansion team, I'm good. You can just keep all the shit you got going on this year. They got, they got waxed. The reason that we're talking about this is that on Monday night, they got absolutely waxed 
by the 2-14 and 14 Washington Wizards. It was not a competitive pillow fight whatsoever. It was a straight beatdown, and I believe it was in Detroit. You got beat the fuck down by Jordan Poole and Kyle Kuzma? A, a, a banged-up Jordan Poole gave you buckets? Woof! I am, I am absolutely livid. Fired up to the point where I might have the vein popping in the middle of my forehead about how they got to this point. I want to properly frame the scope for you. The problem. In 2021 and 2022, the same four teams, the Houston Rockets, the Orlando Magic, the OKC Thunder, and the Detroit Pistons finished in the bottom four of the NBA. Two years in a row, same four teams. This is when you stock up on lottery picks and you build up your coffers. You're obviously, your cabinets are bare. You have nothing. And so you tank systematically, maybe sometimes not by design, but I think for these teams, by design. In 2023, the Rockets finished 22-60, and last place. The Magic finished in 13th place, 34-48. and in the East. The OKC Thunder finished in 10th place, 40 and 42. And the Detroit Pistons finished with the worst record in basketball in, at 17 wins and 65 losses. This year, because this is where it gets stunning, Orlando, the Magic, the team that I have chastised for not having any fans or, and not being worthy of even a breath of discussion besides 10 seconds of the word Orlando Magic. They are now one of the most fun teams in the East, one of the most fun teams in the NBA, the Sacramento Kings of the East. They are now second in the Eastern Conference. OKC is now second in the West. The Rockets have one of the best defenses in the league. They are seventh in the West. And where are our Detroit Pistons at Little Caesar Caesar Arena? They're dead fucking last. They are dead fucking last. Like I said, getting waxed by Kyle Kuzma and Jordan Poole. Are you serious? How is it possible to have all these fucking lottery picks, including the number one overall draft pick, and still be dead fucking last? When other teams in the exact same spot as you are now rising to the top like the cream. You are still scum and they are the cream of the crop. To me, it could probably start with Cade Cunningham. But the truth is, I had this debate and so we started kind of talking through the debate. And you could say it starts with Kay Cunningham because he's not consistent for a 1A. He's probably closer to a 1B or a 1C, but you need him to be a 1A because the rest of your roster is fucking trash. And if you need Kate Cunningham to perform for you every night, like he's Janet Jackson, like he's Dave Matthews Band, Harold, Harold, like you, he needs to be on tour 365 days a, a year and giving you 20, 25, 30 points a night. You're just, you're just sunk. Your team is, is now in disarray. 
And we've been going back and forth about Cade being incredibly inefficient. We talked about him being dead last in offensive statistics. But the truth is, Cade Cunningham's lack of production and you being upset about Cade Cunningham's lack of production has more to do, is a symptom, really, of the sickness. You know what I mean? Like, you get a headache. The headache's not the problem. It's maybe you are dehydrated. You may need some water. And this roster is thirsty as fuck. That's the truth. And blaming it on Cade Cunningham. Yeah, maybe Cade Cunningham's not the 1A, but Cade Cunningham didn't ask you to take him number one overall when he did absolutely nothing in college besides put up statistics and give you the bus face. It was not up to Cade as to where he went in the draft. He gets paid, he plays basketball, and it's up to you to surround him with talent to make Cade shine. Why are OKC, Houston, and Orlando all on the rise? Because not only do they get tremendous production out of their draft picks, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, which is for the Clippers that they traded for, uh, Paolo, player of the week this last week, Alperin Shangoon, but they have other players to support them. What other players on this Detroit Pistons team do you have besides Jalen Duran that you can rely on? Why would you... It's really an issue just to not switch gears. Troy Weaver fucking sucks. The GM, you probably don't even know his name if you're a casual fan. The GM of the Detroit Pistons needs to be held to account because he thinks he's smarter than everybody else because he says it like he is. For example, last year, I think they drafted fifth, and he was like, I don't care where we draft. I'm going to get my guy no matter what. Like he has some sort of crystal ball like Troy Weaver, we have belief in, is the guy that's smarter than every other man in the room. I'm sorry. Uh, do you think that you're Sam Presti? Because you are not, sir. You do not have the credibility or the track record or the pedigree of the boy wonder, Sam Presti. So you don't get up on your press conference booth and start talking all that shit like no matter who you draft, you're going to hit a win. No. This roster is constructed in a way that makes absolutely no sense. You draft Jaden Ivey when you could have gotten Jalen Williams. Jaden Ivey is a point guard who's ball dominant and can't shoot, just like Kate Cunningham. Why would you pair them together? Even a five-year-old would know that doesn't make no damn sense. Jalen Williams would have helped your team out tremendously. Great glue guy, can shoot a little bit, tough can play defense, can handle the ball. Like, he's a wing. You have no wings. You look at the center position, speaking of redundancy and holes in the roster. I like Jalen Duran, but you already had Isaiah Stewart. And maybe you didn't know what Jalen Duran was going to be, but you probably seemed like you knew what Jalen Duran was going to be. Why? Because you traded up in the first round to go and get him. Who went right after Jalen? Fucking Jalen Williams. You could have got, gotten, you could have gotten Jaden Ivey and Jalen Williams. But you didn't. Why? Because you got bamboozled and hoodwinked by who? The boy wonder, Sam Presti. This team has five point guards. They have five centers. They've got Marvin Bagley, James Wiseman, Isaiah Stewart, Jalen Duran. They have five guards. Killian Hayes, Cade Cunningham, Marcus Sasser, Alec Burks. Why is Alec Burks on this team? Why is Monte Morris on this team? Also, you've got Joe Harris, Burks, Morris, and Harris combined making $40 million a year. Make it make sense, respectfully. 
My question for you is, who is a winning player on this team? Like, anybody? Has anybody done anything of note at any level, at any point in their career, on this Detroit Pistons team? Why did you draft Luca Garza? Why did you draft Killian Hayes at seven? Why did you trade two second-round picks for Joe Harris? It boils down to this. I'm starting to think this organization doesn't know what they're doing. I'm starting to believe that this organization believes they're at the antique roadshow and they can identify antiquities that have value that no one else could figure out a way to make work, a.k.a. James Wiseman, a.k.a. Marvin Bagley, both number two overall picks, and that they have the skills to develop those guys who have been busts elsewhere into some sort of star. I am sorry, you don't know how to identify talent or antiquities, and you sure as hell don't know how to restore them. Let's talk about who they drafted. Seku Demboya at 15, 2019. That was before Troy Weaver. We'll let that be. 2020, Killian Hayes, number seven. That is a travesty. You also traded for Sadiq Bey at 19. Oh, my God. 2021, Cade, number one. I'll allow it. I'll allow it. Do I like it? No, I do not, but I will allow it. Jaden Ivey, number five in 2022. 2023, and by the way, Jaden Ivey, number five, horrible. Just horrible. Lots of guys that could have gone after Jaden Ivey and did go after Jaden Ivey that they passed on. In the Killian Hayes draft, they could have gotten Tyrese Halliburton. Oster Thompson at five. Fine. I like Oster Thompson. He's good. But none, nobody can shoot on this team besides Bogdan and Joe Harris. You're like, let's get some old white dudes to be shooters, and all the other guys will be the ones that can, like, do whatever else. How do you fix the Pistons? Well, I'm starting to, to believe that the way that you fix it is uh, to rip the whole thing up and tear it, burn it down. It, the whole thing smells like must. It smells f- fishy. It smells like me when I've been standing out in the rain. Smells a little too much like wet dog to me. It's gross, folks. Tear it up, rip it apart, fire everyone, and figure out a way to get better people in there to find talent, develop talent, and build a damn roster. They might be in for cleaning house soon, and I am fired up about how, not just the Pistons, how they got here, but how they consistently stay here, how they are allowed to operate without account because I know a lot of people who do their jobs quite well and they still lose them. And these people in basketball, they continue to stay mediocre, stay bad, and stay employed. Let's move on. It's Wednesday, so you know what time it is. It's time for Hot and Cold, your weekly barometer of the hottest and coldest players in the association. This week, our hottest man in the NBA is a shocking development. A man that I told his agent, is R.J. Barrett ever going to learn how to shoot? Is your, is your client ever going to become a shooter? Is he ever going to become an efficient player? What is he? Is he a tweener? Is he a two? Is he a three? What is he? No, but R.J. Barrett is uh, the best plus-minus player in the entire NBA right now. The maligned shooting guard slash three is finally on the cusp of a breakthrough. How do we know? He's averaging 24-3, and three, but more than that, of all players with more than 30 minutes per game, R.J. Barrett is number one in net rating. 
ahead of Devin Booker, ahead of Shea Gilgis Alexander, ahead of Derek White, ahead of Ant Edwards, ahead of everyone's favorite new MVP candidate, Jason Tatum. How has he been so good? Partly, he is now a three-point sniper, 45% from deep. Is that sustainable? I don't fucking know, but that's a pretty good sign. That is one of the best percentages of a high-volume three-point shooter in the league. Considering that he shot 31% from three last year, one of the worst percentage of high-volume shooters, this is an incredible development. But a really overlooked element for R.J. Barrett this year is that he is shooting 84% from the charity stripe. Huge improvement, 74% last year. In In addition, his defense has now taken a huge step forward. He is strapping Pause. In a recent comeback win over the Heat, in the final three minutes, R.J. Barrett defended Jimmy Butler four times. Jimmy Butler, our man who's one of the clutchest dudes in the league, one of the easiest guys to say you can give him the ball and he will get a bucket. Jimmy Butler went 0 for 4, and the Knicks won by 2. That's cool. It's cool to see R.J. Barrett succeed. He's a great dude. Our man Rowan. Our man Rowan is putting up buckets. Take it up a serious notch. He is the hottest of the hot. Who is the coldest of the cold? Ice cold! Here's an intriguing case study in why being ice cold doesn't mean you're an ineffective player. I am talking about this man's cold of the week. Ice cube man of the week. No Vaseline. We're talking Fred Van Fleet in Houston. We all shook our head when the Rockets signed him to a three-year, $129 million contract, $40 million. I still believe is a little too much for Fred Van Fleet. And yet, he is the team leader on a resurgent Rockets team that is currently seventh in the West and has the number one ranked defense in the NBA. The funny thing is, he is shooting 40% from the field, which is fucking horrible. Top Five worst field goal percentage in the NBA, just ahead of shoot him to the moon, Killian Hayes, which seems pretty impossible, actually. So how is he impacting winning, you might ask, if he cannot shoot to save his fucking life? Well, he doesn't miss free throws. He's hitting 90% for the season, which is clutch for a team that plays in a lot of close games, which is insane because it's the Houston Rockets that we're talking about. Second, he's averaging 1.1 blocks and steals, stocks, stocks, stocks per game. And has a defensive rating of 110, which is over four points better than last year on a Toronto team that was supposedly known for its defense. It's almost like it wasn't actually known for its defense. Thirdly, he has the fifth most assists in the NBA this year, which means he is passing the ball really well. Shooting that pill to the man right in the bread basket and getting them open, easy looks. Add this to the fact that he only turns the ball over 1.6 times per game, and now the Rockets are shooting to the moon. And that means he has one of the best assist-to-turnover ratios in the league. So, yeah, being cold doesn't always mean you're bad. But Fred Van Fleet, cold player, ice cold, cold of the week. Wait till he warms up, baby, then the Rockets will really be cooking. All right, I got a special treat for everyone today. On my Tuesday spot with D'Lo and Casey in Sacramento on ESPN 1320, we did a full around the league news discussion, and I thought it was interesting. And listen, I'm moving, so I don't have a lot of time. So we're going to repurpose some content for the people. We talk a little bit about Josh Gritty to Chris Paul to Draymond Green. So let's get right into it. Love these guys. CK! 
What's, What's good? up, man? You good? This is my new house. I just moved into a place. Oh, oh let's go. go. Hey, let's hey. go. Hey. Hold on, Air Horns TK. Hell yeah. Wow. TK made more go. money than Rocky. Look at that joint. <laughs> I'm just trying to get like you, Damien. Well, Your house I mean, is nice. It's big. We I'm all got a long way to go before we get like Damien. I mean, we just. All of us like, would be. Just Google them. Yeah, just Google them. <laughs> Y'all are ridiculous, man. I still love you both, but y'all are ridiculous. Hey, congrats, yeah, man. That's, that's awesome. dope. That's fire. Thank you, bro. We could see the see the, the wilderness behind you. You, you must got oh, it's a forest. There. There's like a half an acre of a yard. Ow. Oh man. What a basketball hoop, Tristan. Uh DC, Maryland, or Virginia? Virginia. Nice. A legal betting zone. Oh, let's Ooh. go. Let's go. Well, I guess this I'm I'm a little I'm a little upset though, because this ends the dream that Tristan would move to Sacramento. No. Well, it's a one year lease, boys. So we'll see. All right. We can all always right. move. We can all it's very easy to do. TK. Let's get into it, man. Okay. <laughs> Sometimes stuff happens and I just wait. I was like, let's see if we can get all through Monday without talking about it. Because I want Tristan to talk about it. Okay. You know, something happened over the weekend we did not talk about yesterday. Anybody want to address what's going on in Oklahoma City? Oh, boy. Trista, the floor's yours. <laughs> anybody want to talk about? Anybody want to talk about what popped up on our timelines? By, by the way, real quick, Malika is having a bad week. We'll just say. Oh, I caught that. I caught this. I you caught knew, this. You knew it was going to happen because. Let's be honest. Malika would have a jur journalistic responsibility and ethical obligation to bring up an entire segment of this mm. if Josh Giddy was not YT. She would mm. have an ob obligation for the, probably in her mind, for the culture. You know, she's, she's Candace Owens in everything, you know, the best that she can possibly do. I'll say this. It's it's not great. I looked at the photos, the ones that like surface. First, mm -hmm. the, the IG account that's just like, uh, like a, a responsible citizen just deciding to like, hey, I, I have a, I must bring this to the attention of the world in the NBA. Like probably a seventeen-year-old ex-boyfriend, right? Like he's mm -hmm. probably some salty kid living either in Oklahoma or Australia or wherever. In a biology class, just really upset just about. Just like, it. oh, I'm gonna get him. He thinks mm -hmm. he's slick. So it's like obviously a, a kid that's letting this dirty laundry out. So the photos that came out, I saw them in like order of, and I hadn't seen any of the news. All I did, it just broke, and so I saw them the photos in order of like most clothes to least clothes. Mm. And it was like him and the girl and he had his arms wrapped around her at like a carnival. And I'm like, I mean, who can really say, you know, maybe they're at the carnival. Maybe he's best friends with her brother. And like, they're just taking a photo for the gram. There's nothing that you can really say is bad. And then it's like a little like stranger, like maybe the the setting is different and it's a little more personal. And then the last photo is like you can see the D'Angelo like hip line on <laughs> on and I'm like, Oof. ooh, that one's gonna be tough. That one's mm. gonna be tough to shake. 
Yeah, with with the Josh Giddy stuff, I mean, I haven't done as much of a deep dive as maybe others. Yeah, you I'm, shouldn't. You, I, see what's I, on the, I think you'll get flagged by the feds <laughs> if you do too much of a deep I, dive. I see what's on the timeline. I, you know, I, I know what it looks like to me and what it looks like is not cool. Like, it's not okay. But I don't, I don't know enough about it. I don't know who she really is. Um, so I, I don't know. I don't know. You know, I know what it looks like and that's not cool. It's, I'm uh, just looking to see if he's in the lineup tonight. That's yeah, all I'm looking sure for. He's in the lineup the other he night. He sure is. He sure is. All right. So, so let me ask you guys this. I mean, I, I, I feel like there are um, people are upset that he's in the lineup. Isn't and we see this from time to time. And I think there's extenuating circumstances, and this may be one of them to be real. But the team, and the NBA, and everything, they can't just see some some rumors on Twitter. And take you them out. You know what I mean? Like you're innocent until proven guilty. Right. I know people don't like that, but you are right. And they have to determine that he did what and, it appears. And the thing I think that's different because a lot of people, right, rightly are upset. Well, I don't know if it's right, but understandably upset that John Morant sitting out 25 games for a lighter gun, a gun lighter. And to that, I say it really didn't. And he didn't break any laws. And Josh Giddy, if this were to be true, would have broken a bunch of them. But here's the thing. They didn't suspend Jaw for breaking laws. They suspended him for that pattern. The first, you know, Uncle Willie. What was it? Strip Club Willies. What was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that was it. Yeah. Yep. yeah. So something Willies. Shotgun Willies. So that it was the pattern of conduct detrimental to the league. Right. It's the appearance of and honestly, they don't want to say this. The league doesn't want to say this, but like the appearance of we'll call it, quote unquote, thuggery is much more something that they do not want to be associated with as a league than having sex with an underage girl. I mean, Ruben Patterson played Carl Malone played like. They came home celebrated last year. Yeah, he was he was literally a judge in the dunk contest. That's how little the NBA wasn't even last year. That was this year. That was last season. That was earlier this calendar year. Yes. So the truth is the way that the league was back in the 80s, where there was like games were on tape delay and it was seen as like this. We'll just say it like an ultra black thuggish persona whether that's true or not like there like a lot of you know the the quote-unquote violence that was allowed in the game and this the way that players acted and that's why they tried to quote-unquote clean it up right you had the you had the um the dress code you have you have this feeling where we don't want to go back as an nba that's the the appearance of it at least from the commissioner's perspective we don't want to even have the like proximity or the adjacency to quote unquote thuggery. So they come down on jaw because of the way the owners feel right. And the way that the league feels because it's detrimental to their bottom line because of let's be honest, people who look like me that watch the game. I don't think a one-off Josh Giddy thing is going to, to affect their bottom line nearly to the same extent. And that's just real. I, I mentioned that they can't necessarily do anything due to some um, 
some you know internet rumors mm-hmm. but I'll, I'll contradict it or give a flip side to it there is an investigation going on for sure and shouldn't they be able to say hey while this investigation is going on you can't play yeah you'll get paid yeah. you just can't play mm-hmm. yeah yeah you absolutely can do that 100 percent. it's probably yep. what i would do 100 percent. but they <laughs> they better tiptoe lightly it's tricky <laughs> it's well it's 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 a it's a situation and people are going to have feelings about it and you you mentioned the john morant situation and i saw it brought up in the chat let's not forget what they did with kyrie irving mm. and the amount of hoops that kyrie had to jump through to get back into the lineup and it took the kings beating the nets by 37 on national television for the nets to say you know what i we think kyrie's learned his lesson <laughs> And they and they and they brought him back, but it was sensitivity training, and it was all this public proclamation about Kyrie Irving. Y'all better say the right stuff when it comes to Josh Giddy. You bet, of course. Y'all better say something that satisfies me. Facts, one hundred percent, man, one hundred percent. I couldn't uh, heat check pod if you want more on the Josh Giddy situation. Sorry, TK. What was that? I'm glad that you guys waited for Tuesday for me. Oh, we had to. We had to. And something just dawned on me, too. I don't think in one game, too, I don't think the Kings have beat the Warriors in Sacramento since Trista's left. Damn it. Who? Trista was here for game one. Damien was here for game two. Send Trista your jet right now so we can have her. Well, where's yours? I Don't Google me. (laughs) Google him. This one's for all the marbles of the IST, baby. (laughs) The IST. All right. I don't think I've heard it referred to as that before. It's simple. Like I get the IST. I'm with it. But it is. Ist. The is. Yeah. Well, that no, let's not do that. That sounds like something else. That sounds a little like something you want to get some. Yeah. That's, that's, <laughs> sounds like something you catch at Ricky's back oh, yeah. in the day. 705 J Street. 705 J Street, downtown Sacramento. You don't want that. You don't want that. That's um, a joint right there. It's always. It's always it's always the Warriors, TK. It's always the Warriors. Draymond's first game back from suspension. Mm-hmm. He said, this man said, you're not going to get me to apologize for choking a man out. I was doing my best to protect my teammates. I do that. I am 10 toes down. You know me, Draymond, best teammate in history for the dubs, our dubs. Do not mind the fact that I punched my teammate. No. Do not mind that I have dismantled this organization from the inside out. He better, this team better start winning, folks. Our dubs or uh, Joe Lakeup, Uncle Joe, is going to have to start making some. We not, not have to. He doesn't have to. He's a billionaire. He is going to start making some hard choices about who is in this lineup and who is on this team come trade deadline. And if I am Clay Thompson and I am Draymond Green, I would be, I would be concerned about the success of the regular season at this moment, because he said many times, I am not paying this amount of money in luxury tax payments for a team. That's a play in team. I, I barely wanted to do it when you were a six seed. Hmm. So is that what has uh clay Thompson all stressed out right now? Yes. Are you serious? He can't even get his money. We knew this was an issue last year, actually during the King series game one, before the game, they were talking about how clay wants max money. And max money he will not get. Uh, so you either accept vet men or you start Oof. wondering what life is like in Chicago for Zach Levine. 
Ooh. Oh, you can't do Ooh. that. You can't get a vet minimum deal from Golden State. Like that's not even a that's not real. Okay, we'll call it we'll call it biannual exception. Or call Whoa. it, you know, we'll call it mid-level. He's not getting maximum. You can't give I, that man even in the 30s. He's got to accept something in the in the 20s. But he should get Bruce Brown money. In that case, mm. I understand why he's upset because he's looking at Draymond like you just gave that dude 25 per year for four years. Mm. I understand why Clay would be upset in that situation. And and, and I'll say at the it, least Clay you gotta give him that. You you gave Draymond that basically, and I'm not completely against this. I understand it. The the Kobe treatment where hmm. you're not that anymore, hmm. but thank you for your services, yeah. and we're gonna pay you that way. And Clay's looking at it like if you're giving him that, I need that because I'm way more vital to what we just did. Except for you already got the Kobe treatment when you sat there and got the max deal after the after the 2019 season and you tore your ACL and they still maxed you out and you were gone for two and a half years. That's true. You got max money for two and a half years and you did not play a lick of basketball. Yeah, you're right about that. I, I did give him that contract. Mm. Neither one of them dudes is Kobe think, Bryant either. You think they? No. Oh, no, I mean, when you talk about you talk about what shit, someone yeah. means to yeah, a franchise. A, yeah. If 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 Steph, God forbid, tears his Achilles, you pay Steph for the next four. You you tell you pay Steph until Steph goes. Yeah, I, you don't have to pay me a hundred million anymore. That's what you do. That's the Kobe treatment. You don't do that for Clay or Draymond. That's why what Draymond got Draymond, after the no, season they had is baffling. I'm thinking about Clay. Yeah, no, I I, I no, got you. I'm, I'm sure, thinking sure, sure. about Clay because that's the Splash well, Brothers situation. To me, if you if is you, unlike anything we've ever seen in the game. I got you. If you do that for Draymond, though, you have to do it for Clay. That's exactly. my opinion. Then that's uh, that's just let the ship say. sink. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't think I don't think Joe Lacob wants to do that. And if I am Joe, I'm thinking, okay, well, we had one bad year. We got bounced out of the to the Lakers. Wigs, he had that personal time. You're making excuses for your team, right? You're like, well. Wiggs wasn't with the team for like two months. He wasn't right. He's not in condition. You know, Clay took some time to ramp back up. He wasn't in condition. He played a lot better. Draymond, there was a, this cloud hanging over the team. But like, none of this happens, according to Steph, without Draymond. So like, let's pay Draymond. Worst case scenario, we can trade Draymond. That's an asset that will be, we can finesse another team like the Lakers clutch sports guy to get him and maybe we get some role players out of it, right? If you're doing it for Clay, the jig is up on Clay. We know what it is. Uh, he was one of the best two-way shooting guards in the league. And he's now a one-way shooting guard that's not particularly good at the one-way either right now and he's jacking up threes early in the shot clock off the dribble we know he can get hot at any time but when is that time coming and like guys that can't do what he used to do they're just not very valuable trading him would be extremely difficult where trading a guy like Draymond on a team that's a piece away you need a defensive presence even if he was to go back to Detroit and help those young boys that kind of a thing I think Troy Weaver could be finessed that's how I would see it. I don't think you can finesse anyone. If you pay Clay, he is a boat anchor on your squad. Mm. Two things, uh, unrelated, but we'll pass along uh, from Sham Sharania. Lamelo Ball suffered a serious sprain in his right ankle and is likely to miss 
extended time. Hey, uh, that's that means they have to he has to do surgery probably. Test show Ball avoided a fracture in the ankle, which required surgery last season. Uh, and a cautious approach is expected. So it sounds like they're probably going to not do the surgery to start and cross their fingers. That's tough. Wow. That's tough. That's tough. Mellow, my guy. Too. Yeah, that's tough. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Question I was going to ask you earlier. Mm -hmm. now, I'll, I'll throw it, Tristan. I'd like your response earlier. This is what I took a, a note on because we were joking about the Wizards uh, Pistons. I was, game I was really watching that night. game last night. Oh, I know. Jaden Ivey was, they were like, they had a Jaden Ivey highlight package and they were like, oh, he's drawing dimes and alley oops and he's scoring. I was like, dang, Jaden Ivey must be going off. He had four points, five assists. It was, but, as, oh, no. it was as equally as compelling as watching the 76ers beat the Lakers by like, 40. oh, they beat the brakes on them. Um, all jokes aside, would Jordan Poole be, would the Warriors be better if Jordan Poole was still on the team? Like would 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 Jordan Poole be the nightly low light if he was in a Warriors uniform? And let's let's work the hypothetical to its full extent. You had to pick one. You pick Jordan, and Draymond's gone. No, I don't think so. Okay. No, but I I I wasn't even calculating how tense that relationship still would be. But like I'm thinking. Jordan in the lineup over Clay and what that looks like offensively. Clay may be coming off the bench. Then you like don't pay him or figure it out. I still don't like it. This team has major issues, right? They the whole two timeline thing. It, it's it's so difficult. And I know that they've done a decent job given the fact that they did win a championship two years ago. But like when in history can you just not you're a dynasty and then you like almost spring from the ashes like a phoenix without the burn down right like when can you be a dynasty that current dynasty ends and then a new one begins without a period of like scorched earth and rebuild right. it just doesn't really happen and for whatever reason unless you have some some star that you have lucked into like the next step you drafted him instead of instead of our our man James Wiseman, but like that's such a thread of the needle and the arrogance to believe that that's what you can do and that's what you will do to have dominance for twenty plus years is what Joe Lacob said he wants he wants to he wants to be a dynasty until his grandson is his age is what he I think he said which is just insane. He also said the lady warriors whatever they're called they're going to win a title in their first five years. All right, Joe. which if you know the league, you know that's comical. All right, Joe. All right. Now the thing, the thing about the Jordan Poole thing is, I, I wish you tell the whole story. Oh, thanks, that, Doc. That's, I think the whole story has to be said about Jordan Poole. I, this is just my belief. I could be wrong or reading too much into it. That incident with Draymond changed him forever, and he was not the same guy that he was before. That was that. I don't want to say. He didn't carry him. It was Steph doing his thing. But when Dre couldn't do nothing and Clay couldn't do nothing, they were like, Jordan, we need you to get 25. And he would do it. And he helped them win that championship. That guy is gone forever, in my opinion. Mm. And if, if, and part of why that guy's gone forever is not only what happened, but the aftermath. 
the aftermath and the way the organization handled that situation messed him up. You know, he's probably not trusting right now. He probably doesn't have the same carefree joy about the oh. NBA that he had before that. He's it, acting he's like he's team. playing with joy, though. This man passed up a wide open midi last Yo, night. Oh, you see that? Man. Like, what? What yeah. was that? It was like an underhand, like that's so, like LeBron. It looked like the LeBron baby powder, you know, toss, mm-hmm. but but like to try to make a basket. And it didn't work. It got swatted oh, into no, the sixth row. It was the ninth. I counted. It was at least the ninth row. Yeah, it was not good. He's bad. He's bad. But, but he's I a also different think, player. I also think that's uh, that environment. That's oh, the team. Yeah. That's what you built. That that's, that's you. I mean, God, uh, Wes Unselt, God bless you, brother. This is it. R.I.P. Because you ain't going to make it through this. And I don't know who's going to come. I don't know how you fix this. Like, you've, you've set capable players and you've allowed them to establish these bad tendencies what what i guess jason kidd is probably but he's a hall of famer i was gonna ask what black coach comes in fails miserably and then gets another head coaching job fails miserably and jason kidd didn't jason even fail, kidd miserably. Didn't fail no yet. he didn't he i mean he, there was some good things happening with Giannis. good things happening with the nets so i can't think of one the one you know the one that you could think of and i still wouldn't call it fail miserably it's probably mike brown i don't think when did mike brown fail? uh the cleveland the second cleveland was a little rough well, but, I, but you're that's right a, you're that's right what i'm saying i wouldn't call it yeah fail miserably. but everybody like i mean i i but i, I mean like, mike, I was stint, like don't do that right yeah, like, yeah, like yeah. Your, your first stint you right. haven't succeeded yeah. at all any, any other time this is like it's opportunity one we're giving you the ship. Yeah. Go and be the captain. Stormy seas happen. Shipwrecks. You it, are no longer able to be a captain of a boat anymore normally. It, it doesn't happen. And that's why people were so upset with Steve Nash. Because the black coaches don't usually, they usually get the Washingtons and the Houstons. They don't get Brooklyn, you know, with KD and Kyrie. That's why people were so upset about I almost that. got fired over that. Over oh, what? From Barstool. I wrote about that, that exact premise that you just said, Kenny. And how laughable that move and was. And Barstool almost fired you? That is stunning to hear. I, for one, am shocked. <laughs> I do want to hear from Trista about this one, though. Mm-hmm. Chris Paul, yeah. Scott Foster's gotten out of control, if you ask me. It was already out of control, and it's even more out of control now. NBA, I mean, NBA just going to stick their head in the sand still with this whole thing and still have There's, him on game? We need a truth. We need a truth sayer to tell us what it is that could possibly be personal between these two dudes. And like, I heard on Reddit or I read on Reddit that like Scott Foster had a son that's like a ref in like a AAU league or whatever. And then Chris Paul's son was getting the Scott Foster treatment. I don't know if that's true at all. I, and like, what could it be about his son that Scott Foster years ago? Cause Chris Paul, Paul said he sat in a room with Mike Delaney uh, Doc Rivers, yeah, Scott Foster, his dad, Chris Paul's dad. How? Yeah. What like could four, it was like four teams ago for Chris <laughs> yeah. Paul? Yes, and, and it didn't go well. They didn't even. They were never like all faced, all like there. Like, yeah, we pieced so. it up. Like it didn't go Houston, well. Houston, OKC, uh, Phoenix, Washington, yeah. Golden State, and they had that meeting, that powwow. 
And Chris Paul was like, yeah, it didn't go well. And they just oh, just moved that on. Was, NBA just moved on. Schedule him for every game. He's and he, he refs way too many Chris Paul games for my life. Yeah. There's yeah. it's almost like the league is like, oh yeah, you don't like Scott Foster? We're having him ref every meaningful game that you play in. Mm. He's like one in thirteen in the games that Scott Foster refs. And I think he's been an I think he's been favored. His team's been favored in like 90% of those games. So I've lost games that they were favored in. Guys, I have 3% battery life. I wish I could talk longer. I really do have to go. You know how Trista's house is fired? She got that Rick Ross echo. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she got that. Oh, man. Yeah. A lot of space. A lot of space. Yeah. A lot of space. Yeah. Congrats, homie. Yeah, please do. Please do. Uh, we appreciate you. Go charge your phone. Love you guys. Bye. All right. Trista Crick uh, taking us down to the – to the last percentage of her battery life. Yeah. That's all the time that we have for this episode of the Heat Check. Huge thank you to my guys, Damian Barling and Kenny Caraway of D'Lo and Casey in Sacramento. I love Trista Tuesday so much. I might have to drop something in from them every single week. Come back tomorrow for an all-new episode and check out the feed for past episodes and mini-episodes, which drop unexpectedly throughout the week. Download. Download. Please download. Subscribe. And please tell your friends. Every single one of them. Even... That angry dude buying the red velvet cupcakes from Wegmans. You know what I mean? You know that guy. He looks just too angry to be in a Wegmans line. And follow us at social at This Heat Check and at Trista Crick on TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter. And we'll see you next time.